Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, depending where you are in the world. This is Jeremiah Hosea. I am so honored to be here once again. It is such a pleasure and such a privilege to be on the PRN airwaves, talking to the most enlightened and creative and truth-seeking audience in the world. It's an honor to be on the air after Gary Null. It's an honor to be invited here by Katherine Davis, and we'll be honored shortly with an outstanding guest, a very intelligent, interesting man who I came across, a new friend of mine who I consider a comrade in the medical freedom movement, and that is a man who goes by the name of the family man, Jeremy Poole. I'm a family man myself, so we both relate very much as family men. And we have all the way from Barcelona, Spain, on the line, if I'm not mistaken, the family man, Jeremy Poole. Are you there, Jeremy? I am, and thanks for that introduction. Enjoy that. Um, <laughs> I don't know how true it is, but uh, yeah, I, I I feel the same about you since I've been listening to you, and uh, much the same opinion. Uh, come on, here it says progressive radio voices, and whenever I hear the word progressive, I shudder. <laughs> I shudder <laughs> when I hear a lot of words, I the but word yeah, why, why is that? Let's jump right in. Well, because... The word progressive has been hijacked, I would say, by um, what I would call an extreme left regressive movement that believes in censorship, that believes in total control, mind control, stopping any kind of freedoms that we have. Um, whereas I come from more of a, a small government anarchist point of view. I do not like governments almost at all well yeah that's where i come from so when i see the progressive movement uh, as a complete control and censorship movement which it is i, I shudder but the real progressive movement and i suppose the other i'm sorry i, I could talk forever you, you've heard me um the other problem is progressive means going somewhere and some people are going to the wrong place <laughs> That is, you have to know where you're progressing to to be progressive. If you're progressing towards freedom, towards freedom of speech, towards love, towards what I would say is God, then, then perhaps progressive is good. But when you're progressing towards a sort of an, an entitled narcissistic world where selfies, self-indulgency and this kind of thing is more important than... Uh, the family than selflessness in the family yeah i got six kids and uh, man <laughs> <laughs> and, and every one of them is, is is a person in their own right they're not six kids they're six human beings right and uh, yeah so that's my introduction hello everybody i'm uh, in the region of barcelona not in the city i live up near the pyrenees more than in the actual city itself not a city boy and you're from not south wales originally correct I'm from Wales, South Wales, the valleys, the industrial region of South Wales. That's where I picked up most of my uh, anti-government uh, stances. It's a very, very left-wing area. Right. Very, very left-wing area. Um, yeah. And I've always sort of gone against the grain. And this is what's led me to freedom movements. <laughs> right. And that's how I discovered you. So... When COVID hit, I just began a wild search of information, and I searched on various platforms. BitChute, which is considered sort of like the seedy underground YouTube. Yeah. You can't go to BitChute. Terrorists are on BitChute. But the fact of the matter is, it's like any other medium. There's a lot of bad information, and if you look, there's a lot of outstanding information. For example, I could search any number of topics on BitChute, and somehow there are people who have the wherewithal to present very clear scientific lectures and gatherings. There are also individuals who do their own sort of podcasting and produce their own media. And that's how I discovered Jeremy. He has a very nice, uh, I call you a, a bit shoot legend, Jeremy. I hope you don't mind. <laughs> that's good. I like, I do like bit shoot. Uh, it's very easy to use. And well, I got, I was on bit shoot and on YouTube, but as soon as, as, as uh, the pandemic hit, that was me gone. I did they censor uh, you or did you thought, remove oh, yourself? Gone. Wuhan? Hmm. There's a laboratory w there. Were you censored by YouTube, Jeremy, or did you remove yourself? Oh, no, 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 no. I fought teeth and claw, but I wouldn't censor myself. This they, was the problem. They censored you. 
yes, I lost, I think, four different channels. I, I was going up, you know, I, I, I got at about 5,000 followers. Then I lost the channel. And then I was shadow banned. I got back up to about 3,000 banned again. Third channel, 800 banned again. Fourth channel, it didn't make ground. Then, amazingly, about a year later, the first channel came back. And it immediately got banned. <laughs> People were calling up my videos. I, I, I think I got um, trolled more than anything because I was having videos that I'd done two years before, picked up. Uh, it was, you know, retrospective attack on me for things I've said in the past. And I, I still stand by everything. I changed my opinion sure. on things, which you all should. Right. If you find new information, but then you go back and you say, but I'm going to leave that video there because that's what I thought two years ago. That's what I thought three years ago. Right. And, and, and I, I don't believe you can be held account. You say, yeah, I've changed my opinion. And well, that well, was let me wrong. ask you a very general question because there's a lot of things I want to cover with you. I'm very fascinated yes. by your insights. And I would like to also take some callers today. Please, so, please. I'm quite happy to talk to anybody. Excellent. So there's, there's a number of things I want to discuss with you. But one thing that comes to mind right now as you speak is a, sort of a general question, which is where did you get this sort of wherewithal that you have? What's your intellectual background? I saw you covering something which is very important to me and actually the subject of my last Substack, which I released early this morning at about six in the yes. morning. And my main issue or one of my main issues that I think should be really everybody's if not main issue way up there is this discussion of excess mortality and excess deaths that we've witnessed since the shots but before we actually delve into that conversation I just want to ask where did you get this wherewithal to be very comfortable in presenting statistics I find your your presentation to be very clear you seem very competent do you have well, a, a background in analytics or statistics what's the deal my degree is in economics so I went to university and studied economics, which gives me a, a base, not a great base, but you look at statistics. Uh, I was a maths teacher, <laughs> so I've gone down that road. And But I also write and read a lot, and I, I like, if, if I see something... You have a beautiful library, by the way, behind you. It's, I, yeah, I, I, I yeah, well, wonder what's uh, on the shelves. It's, it's my, are you, are you're not on camera now, are you? <laughs> but it's, yeah, I read all the books that have been read, most of them twice, uh, and I like uh, historical fiction books so I can learn history. Uh, and when I, if, if I talk about things, I like to make sure I've got statistics to prove it. Right. My, my wife is, is, is pulling her hair out most of the time because whenever she says something, I say, well, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> uh, I said, because this statistics suggests otherwise. She said, oh, shut up. Yeah. My <laughs> I wife is probably laughing true. if you um, And I like, to, I like to have something to back up what I say every time. It's very difficult sometimes, but there's, because as one of my favorite sayings, first day in university, lies, damn lies, and statistics. Right. And you can get statistics to prove anything, but I like to just to get, I don't try and prove things. I take the Euromormo statistics, the, the weekly excess death statistics in the UK, uh, the was monthly vaccine death certificates. That's disappeared at the moment. Uh, and, and look through them. And sometimes it takes me hours and I haven't got time sometimes. So I just pick out what I can. But sure. yeah, I just look at them and being a, uh, uh, economics graduate and having taught maths gives me a base, not a great in depth. But I think that's what makes it easier. I don't have that great in-depth. I look, oh, look at that, look at that, look at that. Right. Put together what right. is uh, correct. Well, my opinion is correct, of course. Other people would argue. Right. Well, I would love to talk about the medical freedom movement and excess death, but I want to get back to that. I want to ask you, and I'm just going to jump right into it. I'm just going to ask you bluntly. Jeremy Poole, are you a climate change denier? No, no, no. I believe in climate change. I believe the only climate change deniers out there are the people who think that if you tax CO2 for poor people, you will stop any kind of climate change. I believe climate has changed through the history of the world and it will continue to change. There's this ball in the sky that when it comes up in the morning, I don't know what happens. I think CO2 must rise because it gets warmer. When it goes down in the night, CO2 must fall because it gets colder. Uh, it's, it's only CO2 can change climate. We know that. Okay. But no, no, I, I believe in climate change. But the, the what people always throw is climate change denier when I think that CO2 is not the trigger. 
it follows. And CO2 is part of climate change, of course it is. But I do not even believe we're in any kind of climate uh, emergency. And I would argue with anybody, and I can, I, I, I've got uh, on my computer, I got the every year's temperature uh, in the UK and every year's uh, problems since the 1600s. And I can tell you, temperature and climate was a lot worse in the 16 to 1850s. Much colder, much more droughts, bigger storms, people dying a lot more than it is now. The biggest storm in the UK, the biggest uh, typhoon was, I think, 1810? Something like that. I, I, I don't know off the top of my head, but it was about there. So things are not... Uh, 1607, the 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 North Sea, no, 1607. Yeah, the North Sea froze over. Now that's not never happened for two, three hundred years, but it did. If that happened, now it would be climate change caused by humans. Well, I don't know who caused it in 1607. Anyway. You, you've got to stop me. When I, when I go off on one, you have to stop me, Jeremiah. Oh, yeah, no, I, no, I'm listening you know, to you, and I think you're doing a great <laughs> job. I'll just weigh in quickly. I'm, I'm no expert in, in climate science. I won't even pretend to be. I've been interested in the topic for a long time, but I would never claim in any way that I'm an expert. And I've heard a lot of interesting things on both sides. One thing I will definitely say is I am in total distrust of the new, I would say the neoliberal climate change agenda. For example, there was this incredible video circulating from a hearing with John Kerry, who is, you know, a former presidential candidate who... I mean, Mega rich, big planes, big cars. Exactly. You know. And they asked him about his private plane in some sort yeah. of hearing. They said, well, how can you be a private plane owner and a climate change activist. I don't own a plane. They said, I'd like to admit into the record <laughs> yeah. a article showing that you, your family was selling your private plane. Oh, that's my wife's plane. <laughs> yeah, so good, I've seen good, that one. And that's that the guy crazy. who gets it's put up as the environmental activist of America. I mean, how absurd, you know, we're just, and so basically I see just like with COVID, it makes sense to me. And a lot of people have been sort of buzzing about this, that climate change is the next phase of the game in terms of a yes. means of controlling us. You can't yeah. drive your car too far. You can't buy this. You can't use a wooden stove. You can't do this, that, and the other thing. And it reminds me of a little pamphlet I saw, I believe the, uh, author, I don't remember his full name, Jensen, I believe Jensen or Jansen, but there was a really interesting pamphlet with a great title called Forget Shorter Showers. <laughs> this notion, you'll save the world by taking a shorter shower. Well, how about Bill Gates and the other climate change activists stop jet-setting around the planet in their polluting private planes and all of their extraordinary usage of energy on a daily basis? Excuse me, Bill Gates is wonderful. He just invent, invested $80 million in, in a company to take carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere. Oh. You know? And at the same time, as an article came out saying that trees, actually the Amazon rainforest now is is a carbon, it's, it's not taking in carbon dioxide, it's letting it out. So I can imagine with us going, you need to build these, these carbon sinks and cut down the rainforests. Right. These people are in it for the money. Yeah. There's nothing else. There is no... Yeah, for, for anyone me, who checked out I my last... Pollution. Stop pollution as much as you can. But there's one thing that there's, there's plenty of things, not one thing, that's never mentioned. You've got the greening of the earth, carbon dioxide. If you were from a cold area like I am, you know what a greenhouse does. It encourages plants to grow. You put carbon dioxide and warmth in there and plants grow. <laughs> that's clear for any, any farmer. And that's what's happened to the earth. The earth has got massively greener over the past 40 or 50 years. And I believe I got on my shirt, actually, that I'm wearing now. The, of the atmosphere, the increase in carbon dioxide, some of it has been human, about, I think it's about 4%. Mm. But the vast majority is out, out of the oceans, out of different things. And of the whole atmosphere, the, uh, the human-caused carbon dioxide is 0.0078%. It's a tiny amount. The oceans still hold about 99% of the carbon dioxide. The rocks ho hold, well, 
the carbon dioxide. It's just falling, falling, falling for the last billion years, oh, 100 million years, however old this planet is. Carbon dioxide is falling. And if it had kept falling the way it was, we'd have been in a lot more problems. Mm. I'm off on one again. You know, very interesting, very interesting. My, my only issue in general, and you'll get to know this about me, Jeremy, I just, I never accept option A or option B. I'm always, somehow I find myself always gravitating towards a third party option. And while I'm totally suspicious and totally prepared to resist the fake climate agenda that wishes to yeah. diminish my quality of life and so on and so forth. I'm also a little concerned on the other end, however, because I do believe we're polluting the planet. I do exactly. believe we're Pollution harming the is ecosystem. A different story. Completely yeah. different story. Right. We need we need clean air. We need clean water. We and we're we're poisoning our planet, which is, you know, our mother by the indigenous concept. We have a mother earth and we're just poisoning our own mother, which is going to come back and, and bite us inevitably. No, I I think you'll find all these people they call climate deniers think exactly the same as that. I've never met one doesn't that says, okay, let's look at clean energy. Let's start using uh, things like uh, saltwater reactors, um, stable saltwater reactors, these small nuclear reactors that use the waste burners. They use nuclear waste and cut it down from, they cut it down by about 90%. And then this nuclear waste, I say only, it's only radioactive for 300 years instead of the thousands of the current nuclear waste. Uh, into In with some environmental ones. I, I'm a bird watcher, and I hate these bloody windmills all over the place, These because the number of birds... Around here, there's a lot of vultures. Mm. And it, this sounds crazy, and it sounds quite funny, but it's not when you see uh, 50 dead vultures below one of them. Because if one vulture gets hit... It dies and goes on the floor and rots. So all the other vultures come around in a circle, boom, 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 all dead by these flatty big wind turbines. Wow. And all the birds, this, this, it's incredible how many, a wind turbine, how many birds they kill. Well, I heard a similar thing about solar, that solar basically negates all of the good that it does and I, i'm not it's interesting my brother would probably hate to hear me say this because he, he <laughs> sells solar panels for a living right now but i heard that there's all this really harmful strip mining that's how we yep. get our solar panels so we're kind of shooting ourselves in the foot to save the other foot kind of thing yeah but that doesn't matter because that's probably happening in africa so that doesn't count yeah exactly like the, coal ball, the coltan that they're you know they <laughs> yeah. turn democratic republic of congo into just a hell on earth yeah. so that we can and have if you have to call something items. a democratic republic you know it's not democratic uh, i was just thinking the same thing after, <laughs> yeah, as, yeah, as, as i was saying it. then it's not and and then truthfully you know is there a democracy in this world you know is there is there a country that's not a plutocracy and a kleptocracy and ultimately run by oligarchs yeah, I don't. Uh, I, I'm not a democracy fan. I can't see many other alternatives, but I, I'm a, I'm more of a, more of an anarchist because I think why should it be that the majority of people that I don't vote for decide what money they steal off me each year, what happens to me, and I, I don't buy it because I decided a long time ago uh, I don't agree with you. I don't want to be part of this. Right. I want to go my own way. And I can't. I'm not allowed to. And in America, the same. Can I, can I offer you a historical interpretation? And, and I'd just love to hear your reaction to a simple statement I'd like to make, which is I think that the communists, quote unquote, and the anarchists came to a lot of the same conclusions historically. I think there's a lot of overlap between Marx and Bakunin, for example. Mm. But the final conclusion is where a major rift occurs yes. because the communists say we need to seize control of state power and the anarchists say we have to dissolve the state. Exactly. Well, this is why I, I cannot, I, I think communism is as bad as fascism because it, it's all about seizing power, taking control with another big state, whereas I just want my local town and another local town to decide. And, and I believe, um, this is, this is I've on my channel, I've talked, to, I've had fascists on and talked to them, and because I believe in free speech, right. genuinely. And I would defend anybody's right to speak. Me too. Uh, so um, it used to be, when I was a kid, you when I was you a youngster, that the left speaking, wing but... defended that to, with, with, with every bone in their body now they, they they're closing everything down they, they they're closing everything they disagree with 
down. You can't say this is a great example. I just went before I was coming. I was I always check out the latest news on the BBC, and the title was this uh, this Spanish. Uh, uh, Rubiales uh, that kissed the girl when they won the World Cup hmm. and she didn't want to be kissed right fine give him a ball again whatever but it's been well it's been on the news over here and in Britain for three weeks wow N- what now, are they trying to hide <laughs> uh, no and they, 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 they want him sacked and, and everybody around me say hey, he should be sacked because he's too macho blah 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 fine if they agree with that you know what's interesting but, there's a famous do you know the famous photo of the the American sailor who came back I think it was from World War Two, and he he's kissing some woman and it turns out yeah that kiss was against the woman's will like it's an iconic yeah. photo and he's, uh, 50 years later yeah, I didn't ask that guy to kiss me that was actually like sexual assault yeah well this is somebody's now they're going after him for sexual assault but more than that the men this was the women's boss uh, football team they won the world cup but the men's boss applauded him when he did a speech now they're calling for the men's boss to be sacked because he applauded this guy now what if i applaud the men's boss now for doing something else is it like guilt by association set on at the second level it's crazy right i i, I don't agree with what the guy did right i don't and I think he's stupid. I don't think you can just go and kiss a woman straight on the lips. That you. It shouldn't be yeah. front and center in the news cycle for three weeks, though. Not exactly. with everything that's, that's what going I'm saying. On. That's an he's, absurdity. He was wrong. Bump. Slap his wrist. Say, don't be an ass, mate. Don't be an ass. You know. And if you, if you want to say, ah, you don't represent us anymore, goodbye. But his mother is on hunger strike at the moment because the the news media been harassing her. Wow. It, it shows that if you stand up against the what I call the the feminocracy, or <laughs> yeah. they keep coming for you. They keep coming until you have nowhere to hide, and they will not let it go. And as soon as you apologize, you're dead. You're Cancel finished. culture. Cancel culture, yeah. And, and I think the right is going down that road as well, and they shouldn't. Yeah, I mean, I've I've. I've totally lost track of what we call the left and the right. And I don't want to actually engage into a a whole discussion about that and trying to break down that landscape because to me, in a fundamental definition, I've always been a leftist. I was raised a leftist. And what that meant to me was just power to the people. That's it. I side with the people over the powerful. So when people stop doing that, to me, you're not left. The definition of left didn't change. You're not left is what's the deal. So if you're yeah, not but standing... people don't understand that now. If but I say then... I couldn't vote for Joe Biden because he's a, he's he, for me he's as right as anybody else. Oh, he's, he's such as, a right winger. Uh, it's insane. And they, oh, well, well, you know, I'm not leftist. I, I don't think I ever have been, but I'm I'm not right wing because I cannot. The power the power thing is 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 wrong for me. But at the moment, you know I'm saying it's interesting. Somebody Jeremy? said, "Who are you going to vote for, Biden or Trump?" I go, "Shit, Trump." <laughs> I wouldn't even have a question about that because at least he's honestly dishonest. I would say <laughs> he's not. There's, there's not so much pretense of this. Uh, well, I'll he tell made you, money outside. I'll tell you, I don't want the rest of this show to be hijacked by Donald Trump, although I would love to talk about that issue with you. <laughs> it's just he, he gets so much airtime. He should be promoting me, not the other way around. Yeah, so, this is it. But that's him. He's, he's good at that, isn't he? He is. But I'll he's have to say, though, that, but there's the something guy. this this whole theater, the political theater that they parade before us leaves me to wonder, are they compelling us to Donald Trump? They're making him into a folk hero as, as a friend and, of mine. Now, posted in who else can represent the working class? Yeah, I mean, they can't. Oh, absolutely not. But but I mean, he he released a video just a day or so ago where he says, you know, do not comply, stand up against the restrictions. Yeah, I've seen that. Do not comply. It's like wow. That's that's what I've said all along. I got a T-shirt. Do not comply. Do not wear your mask. Do not wear your. And I think, hold on, Trump. Trump's saying that. Did you see there was? I don't know if you happen to see the coverage in Spain, but they had a CNN town hall where they allowed Trump to sort of resurface and and. I did see some of it, but I I wasn't. I didn't see it all. Well, I, I didn't see it all. I, I don't watch it either. I don't watch it. I just find it just contemptible. I mean, I used to yeah. actually watch out of curiosity, and now I just can't bring myself to watch. I just can't look at these people. But it was fascinating because I don't know if you saw the portion. I only saw one portion that I'm assuming, of course, is the best portion or the most meaningful portion of the whole town hall, which was they were pressuring Trump to make a statement basically saying that Ukraine— 
must win the war. And he said, no, the war has to end. And I said, yes. wow, you're turning, yes, I, yes, I did see that. You're yes. turning Trump into a peacenik. Yeah. You're turning what are you Trump the peaceful one now? All the rest is right. I mean, how insane. Russia, I think it's not going to happen. They, 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 they moved and, and are making a move. They're, they're pressuring Trump from the right. <laughs> yeah. How could people not see this? And that's actually something that I find interesting tr- uh, at this point as well is that, um, you know, talking about left and right. Well, it's right wingers who are concerned with human trafficking, quote unquote. Well, to me, that's a yeah. left wing issue concerned about um, the well-being of children. I mean, that used to be left. But instead, now you have, quote unquote, left wing people saying, oh, that silly stuff about yes. human trafficking. You know, I said, How could you make a joke Epstein, out of human trafficking? Look at people. What the, the left should be diving on the Epstein stuff and all the CEOs and well, oh yeah, moment, we could clean I, up I our a, whole political sorry. system, right? By just arresting the whole Epstein client list, and that would be a nice big cleanup job. But no one Perfect. wants to do that. No, and and the BBC um, ex BBC chief Thompson, Sir something Thompson, has now been taken. Yeah, Mark Thompson been taken on by CNN as their new CEO. Now he covered up for Jimmy Savile. Jimmy Savile was the. Uh, best friend of King Charles, but Jimmy Savile was a prolific paedophile who supplied, allegedly supplied, but he was a not alleged paedophile who went around uh, abusing children and a necrophiliac. (laughs) And he was covered up by this guy, Thompson, who later became Sir Thompson, knighted by the Queen. And now he's head of CNN. Wow. It's... It, it, it's such such a deep, deep uh, pile of uh, evilness. Yeah, unbelievable. That, the number of children that go missing on a daily basis in America. The but you're not allowed to say that if you're left, because left people don't seem to believe that anymore. Yeah, it's uh, it's so strange to just hyper vigilantly say, "Oh, child trafficking—that's a right-wing issue." How could you say yeah. that? I mean, yeah. even if there was one child missing, let alone the thousands upon thousands that actually are, every child is sacred, right? I mean, you should be embarrassed to make light of such a thing, but that's how far yeah. things have gone. And also, I mean, I guess there's a contradiction on both sides. The the right wing, of course, doesn't support abortion. That's been a major issue yeah. of the American right. They're against abortion. But then the whole my body, my choice thing became very strange when medical (laughs) mandates came around, which, you know, I don't want to discuss abortion either. That's a huge issue. I I believe in a woman's right to make her own medical decisions. I don't think someone should be forced to have a child. I also don't think abortion is something to be taken lightly. I think people should be discouraged from using abortion as birth control. But how about just my body, my choice and really meaning it? And not my body, my choice, with a lot of other little exceptions. Yeah, unless to it. it's this, unless it's this, unless it's this. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm on the other side of the abortion argument, mainly because I used to be on the one side, and then it came home to me, and I thought, no, having six children, I thought, and and seeing my what changed my mind. All my children, my, the last four, were in vitro, and we got to see them. At like five weeks, six weeks, and it really changed me. I cannot. I say yes if you want to get rid of them first day, day after pill. If you know you've had sex, do it. It's very, very difficult for me. I haven't seen those because when you go through an in vitro process, in vitro um, test tube children, um, you get to see the whole process, especially with twins. Like I've got from from almost day one and the growth, and. It changed my whole thinking on it. And it's something that it, it sort of overnight I went, ah, oh, look at that. And so I said, look, your children are there. And he was like, no. And then I sort of, I sort of stepped back and went, wow. And, and, and I cannot now change that because what I've seen, I can't unsee. And it's one of these things that I said before, sometimes I change my mind on things. And that's one of the biggest changes in my whole life was that. Right. Really was that, Wow. That child inside there is alive. That's my children. And it was <laughs> the first two I had, uh, the older ones, never saw them, just saw them like coming out. And you see the, the child get bigger than those really did. Anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. <laughs> well, you know, we're here to talk about everything. Well, one thing everything, I'd like to yeah. point out is that, you know, we're, we're men. I'm, I'm a father of two children. Haven't quite caught up to Jeremy. He has six children, <laughs> but he's a family man. I'm a family yeah. man. And I just would like to point out that, you know, I live in New York. You live outside of Barcelona. Yeah. We're, 
we're human beings. We're men. Yeah. We're capable of communicating. We're capable of agreeing and disagreeing. It's not this freak show that they've portrayed that everybody is exactly. your enemy we as soon disagree. as somebody has a, a different thought than you. Oh, my God, they're your enemy. I mean, yep. what a ridiculous type of atmosphere we've created with this hypersensitivity and just basically a lack of immaturity and discourse. I mean, what else is it? That's exactly what it is. And I find, because I go around talking about this in, in different places, and when I actually talk to people, it's amazing how they all come together. And the, the, the differences are so small, especially when I talk about the climate thing, because people think that, because I don't think that CO2 is the, the driver, they think, oh, you're against climate. Oh, you, you want to end the world. You don't care. When I explain things, they start to look at it from a different point of view because right. they've never been shown. The fake stream, lamestream media will not show any other point of view. They will deny it. They will deny any other point of view, even though some of the greatest scientists in the world have said these models are wrong, especially mathematicians. Uh, I tend to think of the, one of the best mathematicians here. I can't think of his name now. Ty, uh, Dyson, Dyson. Oh, oh yeah, Freeman, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Tyson. Freeman Dyson. Oh, Freeman Dyson. Okay. Freeman Dyson. Okay. Yeah. Now, well, the greatest—he's dead now. One of the greatest mathematicians of modern times. He said, "Well, you you can't model the atmosphere like that. There's no chance." And they've been wrong every time. These models. Interesting. Every single one has been wrong. So we oh. just keep repeating. <laughs> yeah. It's, it speaking was, of wrong models, what about the wrong COVID models? They said Africa oh, was going to be wiped off of the, the face of the earth. It's amazing the ability to be completely wrong and receive almost no criticism or skepticism as a result yeah. of your total wrongness. We just we're going to uphold you as an authority as you continue yeah. to be wrong right well, down the line. How how now, astonishing! Now three years on, Sweden didn't lock down. Sweden had some of the lowest uh, death rates, and now they've gone with the the, the sort of uh, natural immunity. Yeah, and they got the lowest death rates. And yeah. You think, hold on. Although they, they, I, I wonder the their said they would have death rates hundreds of times what we did, and they didn't. Right, they did. And you know, a point that I'd like to make about Sweden, which I don't hear made often enough, is. From what I understand, and actually we're going to take calls soon, if anything I said is incorrect, then jump in here and, and correct me. But from what I understand, the Swedish government left their health authorities to make health policy. They didn't have it mediated through their politicians. They say, you're the health experts. What's the correct policy? They don't say, oh, well, I'm a politician and I'm going to do this and do that because that helps my bottom line and my political agenda. And the Swedish health authorities determined that they would do more harm by locking down, which is what played out in all the places where there was major lockdown policies. People died of despair. People died of drug overdoses. Abuse victims were locked inside with their abusers. We're yeah. not going to school where they can report abuse, et cetera, et cetera. There's this long list of metrics that basically the Swedish health authorities took into consideration. And our authorities didn't take the, the devastating harm that would be caused by their policies into consideration and then act surprised by what many people predicted. Yeah, and, and the, we've not moved on, have we? Because if you speak to people now, there's still a lot of people who don't realise, because these st statistics that I show on my channel and lots of channels do, are still not out there. Nobody sees these excess deaths or death certificates, that how deaths have grown so so massively. The censorship, I, I think it's actually in fake stream media, it's, it's stronger now than it's ever been through just ignoring well you know what's interesting is youtube is specifically censoring the truth at this point they're like a, yeah, an athletic yeah. soccer goalie just diving and blocking any truth that they don't want you to hear they're diving to block it away from well, the list censorship is just shows they got a lacking confidence of the truth of what they're saying by censoring any other point of view. If they were confident in what they were saying they wouldn't censor well you know what's interesting i, I pointed that out in my Substack that I released this morning, which is, you know, you have misinformation, which is supposedly just incorrect information, just someone who's wrong and sharing their yeah. wrong point of view. You have disinformation, which is someone intentionally misleading others. And then you have malinformation now, which is correct information that cannot be trusted in the hands of ordinary people as they will misinterpret it. But there's no emphasis on 
clear information. So to me, the whole discussion of misinformation, disinformation, that's a smokescreen for you not knowing what the hell you're talking about. If you don't know what you're saying, then then you're complaining about misinformation, disinformation. Well, I'm not interested in the misinformation and disinformation. If you know what's going on and you're the authority, then be clear about what is occurring. And we don't have to concern ourselves with the various misunderstandings of various people. But we have some callers on the line, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, great. And uh, it keeps going, keeps going off. The sound keeps going off at the moment. The last couple of seconds. Oh, really? The sound's going off for him. Oh, no. Okay, yeah. No, we're we're all good. I think. Hopefully, we won't have any more problems. But we have some, uh, we have some callers who are going to join us. So, who do we have on the line? Okay, great. Oh, we have Phil from California. Excellent. I, uh, I'm a big fan of this caller. How are you, Phil? Hey, Jeremiah. I'm doing very well. How about yourself? Oh, I'm doing great, man. It's great to hear from you. One of my favorite PRN callers. Hi, Wel- Phil. Welcome wow, on, on, on the air. That's very humbling. That's, uh, it's, it's an honor to hear, to hear that kind of feedback. I really appreciate it. Um, I was motivated to call when I heard the, the discourse about you know the left and the right. And I always uh, hope people can consider a video by, by second thought. A YouTube channel. The video is called America's Stunted Political Spectrum. And Say that one more time. Find it, America's Stunted Political Spectrum. Nice. Okay. Yeah. And it, when when I first saw it, it had like, what, 10, 20, 30,000 uh, views. And then over the year, like last year or two, it has gotten, I think, millions of views by now. Wow. I put it on my website, uh, my blog, uh, lumpin.org or lumpenproletariat.org. Either either your name will get you to my website where I wrote about it and put some comments in it. And the great thing about this video is that uh, the, the host of Second Thought uses a political compass, and I believe that is at politicalcompass.org, where they explain the political spectrum. And I know that uh, the term left has been uh, abused and hijacked, as Jeremy Poole said, um, w- terms like progressive have been hijacked and, and been made to mean something else. The corporate media constantly refers to the left when they refer to the Democrat Party and Democrat Party supporters. Which I call and the synthetic course, left, by the way. <laughs> yeah, the fake left. Uh, uh, Max Blumenthal has referred to the synthetic left. Uh, Max Blumenthal has, has interviewed of Caleb Mopin, M-A-U-P-I-N, about bread tube in in England, the UK, and Europe, they have something called bread tube intelligence agents who make phony YouTube videos posturing at the left. And we've seen this on our own. Why well, I, I come from Pacifica Radio, KPFA out of Berkeley, and we have seen over the last twenty years synthetic left programming posturing as leftist, but really it's apologism for the corporate democrat party right and the, the a really concise definition for me for as far as what left and right is is the fact that uh, this is an economic uh distinction so as far as your economic philosophy and people that are laissez-faire capitalists who believe in free market that is the right of the center that's a pro-capitalist perspective people who are left of center are anti-capitalists because to some extent they recognize that capitalism is against the working class. It is the opposite of power to the people, as you defined it, Jeremiah, uh, the left being power to the people. Right. So if you're on the left, in my mind, and in the view of this video, America's Stunted Political Spectrum, and from what I understand in, in all of my lifetime of understanding and reading and studying Marx and uh, my, my degree is in economics, like Jeremy Poole as well. Uh, but the left is anti-capitalist. The right is pro-capitalist, or at least they're neutral or not anti-capitalist. And the Democrat Party has been to the right of this center and to the point that we understand Obama was to the right of Ronald Reagan as far as economics. Now, there's cultural war issues that conflate uh, another dimension on the political compass. So left to right would be economic uh, distinctions. And then top to bottom would be where you have an authoritarian government. And then the, the bottom would be where you have a libertarian government. And so if you take two axes on the horizontal axis is the left and right, choosing whether you're pro-capitalist or anti-capitalist, 
on a vertical axis, you can plot the distinction whether you're for an, uh, the role of the state being authoritarian or libertarian. And now with those two axes, vertical and horizontal, you have four quadrants, whether you're a pro-capitalist authoritarian like Hitler or a uh, anti-capitalist authoritarian like Stalin, or whether you're a uh, libertarian pro-capitalist, which is kind of an oxymoronic position, which I think is unstable, or a anti-capitalist libertarian like Gandhi or Martin Luther King. And that's a much more rare position. And I would argue that we're, I would think that we're probably all three of us are in that lower left quadrant of anti-capitalist and libertarian. And that would make us leftist. But um, what do you think about that, Jeremiah? I think you made a lot of interesting points. And I, and I think there should be a big summit about this thing. I mean, one thing that I think is you have the left. I, I mentioned this on a previous program that you have what I consider the rank and file left, the people's movement. And then you have the synthetic left that we referred to, which is the Democratic Party, which is really more center right, pro-war, pro-corporate, pro-mandate, et cetera, et cetera. Then you have the commercial right as well. And then the hardcore right wing militia men who are, you know, doing target practice as we speak. So, um, you know, you have also, I think it reminds me of a Kurt Vonnegut quote, and I'm actually, I'm not, uh, that familiar with the literature of Kurt Vonnegut, but I know he has one excellent quote, which is, be careful who you pretend to be. And I think that's what's happened to the people's movement through our lesser of two evils voting strategy, which has wound up being our main strategy, unfortunately. We have melted into what we despise. I think we, we weren't careful about who we pretended to be. And then we take our rank and file background and unfortunately become the foot soldiers for things like mandates. So I, I, I also would refer to Slavo Žižek, who makes an interesting point to the effect of why can't we just come up with solutions and decide what they're called later? Because I'm actually into a bigger overview of history in the sense of I think we need to honestly look at the success and the failures of what has been called communism. I think a lot of leftists like to say, oh, well, that's not the left. They never achieved the dictatorship of the proletariat. Therefore, we don't need to historically address abuses that occurred in the name of communism. But then on the other hand, I would say as far as capitalism goes, we don't talk about capitalist atrocities. We just we say communist atrocities. Well, what about capitalist atrocities like uh, the transatlantic slave trade and the total genocide policy against the American Indians or the Native Americans, the indigenous people of this hemisphere? So I think we need to look at capitalism has invented a lot of things. It's done a lot of harm and a lot of good. I think, can I jump in there? I will. Can I, can I, 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 jump in I, there, I would please? love for, I was just about to invite you to yeah. jump in. I'm okay. just going to make one last quick point, which I, I personally think that the, the modern right, again, to use these terms so loosely, the modern right has a cartoonish concept of history and communism, which I don't agree with. Like they accuse Biden of being a communist. The guy's not a communist. <laughs> He's not going to make sure that there's no homelessness in America. He's not saying anything about you're, you know, wear a red coat, but you're going to have health care. There's no benefit of communism in Biden's communism. But yeah, Jeremy Poole, please. I'm back. In. I'm back now. I'm oh, back. Back in action. Let's hear you. I, I keep. I, I lost you completely there. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite authors is Alexander Cordell. I, I was just saying quickly, Ray Jeremy, Bush. that the, the right wing has a cartoonish concept of history and that we're, we're, Biden is not a communist in my estimation. No, 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 no. He, he's, he's as right wing as anybody. Uh, <laughs> Two things I want to say. First, I'm going to plug a book by Alexander Cordell. He's dead now. But he wrote about um, the rape of the fair country, which was the South Wales Valleys, where I'm from, in the 1850s, end of 1700s, yeah, early 1800s, and how... Uh Uh-oh. We lost Jeremy Poole. What's going on? Did the CIA... Oh, no. Did the CIA... Alexander Cordell, I think he said... the author is. Oh, you are you back, Jeremy? Alexander Cordell. You cut I'm out back. for I'm a sorry. second. Something's going wrong with the line at the moment. Alexander Cordell. He, he, he was the rape of the fair country, and it's about all the um, the Rebecca riots in South Wales, the, uh, the 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 start of the the movement of the workers, and how the the people in charge has killed the workers, tortured and killed the workers. Wow, Malthusianism to the next level. 
it, it, no, it, it was it was terrible. And when people talk about the transatlantic slave trade, the, most people don't realise that in Britain, the, the the people in charge were killing the workers, putting the kids down in the pits, in the mines, in the steelworks, and you expected your children to die. You expected your husband, your wife to die. And these people were starving to death. The number of people who starved to death, and because they weren't considered slaves, but there was nothing else they could do. They were taken to these towns. They, they had to work in the steelworks. They had to work in the in the pits, and they died by the millions. And it's it's a hidden part of history of the South Wales valleys and the, all the industrial UK were killed. And and you talk about the the change. Nineteen ninety seven. Tony Blair came into power for the Labour Party. Oh, no. Yeah, all of a sudden it says poor connection. There's been no representatives. Okay, yeah. Oh, uh, Jeremy, somehow, Sh yeah, somehow. Shall I ring back? Should he? Yeah, try back. Shall I ring back? Yeah, let's give that uh, a try. I will ring back now. Okay, sorry about that, Jeremy. You, you, he was on fire. He was he was giving us a great history. Yeah. Oh, he's. He, we're going to call him? Okay, yeah, we're calling him. But, yeah, um, Phil, it, thank you so much for calling. I'd like to take another caller um, while we have just five all minutes right. to go. Yeah. Thank you, Jeremiah. Yeah, thank you so much, Phil. Um, I really appreciate you calling, and you stay in touch for sure. Hello. Oh, Jeremy Poole is I'm back. back. Okay, yeah. And we have Juan from Richmond, Virginia on the air. Juan, uh, are you there? Hi, Juan. Yes, hello. Uh, I, I'm here. Uh, my call is a protest call. Okay. D directed at three communities that supposedly represent the people in pain, the uh, intellectuals, the religious community, and left-wingers. Okay. I'm a uh, Let's hear it. construction worker. Yes. Hello? The, real, uh, the salt of the earth. Go ahead. I'm a construction worker, and uh, I'm concerned about what's happening in our communities, concerning gentrification and homelessness and everything else. I know two ladies right now who own two homes. They cannot live in them. Wow. Because of major disrepair. And there is nothing in our black and brown community to which they can... Uh, reach out to for help. Right. I've been trying for, for, for years to meet one or two of you uh, to spark a movement that offers tangible alternatives instead of the, all these uh, useless intellectual jive uh, uh, rap. And uh, it is painful as hell to to be aware of this, to want to do something. I'm alone. I'm a, I'm 71, I'm a 71 year old person, but I'm still in good shape to do it. I'm a construction worker. And uh, I'd like to just mention a family that I met about eight years, uh, eight months ago. A young man asked me, do, I, do you do plumbing? And I said, show me what you need. I went inside his house. His mother, his sister, and, and his brother, they owned the house. But they didn't have a toilet, even though they had two bathrooms. They didn't have anywhere to take a shower. The hot water heater was rusted out. The sewer system was completely clogged. I, I provided everything for them, all the plumbing fixes and did everything by myself. And I reach out to people in the community to spark a movement to, to we need to establish construction companies specifically designed for us with funding. Nothing exists here in the black and brown community to fulfill the housing needs. We have a lot of useless intellectuals talking about it, criticizing the demons of the human community, but offering nothing in return to counter what the demons do, those who benefit from fossil fuels, uh, drugs, junk food, and everything else. So I'm mad. You could probably feel the rage in me because I've been on this journey for about 25 years in New York City, D.C., and uh, here in Richmond, Virginia. And some of the people I have approached are now there, and they left nothing behind. As a matter of fact, some people I used to host a program on BRN and BAI. I've been to Harlem, South Bronx, Crown Heights, uh, uh, Best Lives. And uh, it's... Uh, it's so heartbreaking to see these women uh, and these young people uh, suffering needlessly because there is nothing that is being offered by those who criticize, again, the demons of the human community. And uh, I would love to speak to you, uh, Jeremiah, because uh, I'm 71, and please don't make the mistake others have made. I called this program about 10 years ago, the person who should be on this lot, and she gave me a very... Uh, intellectual explanation, but useless. Yeah. And 10 years later, things are a whole lot worse than they were 10 years ago. You yeah. see? 
and so uh, uh, well, I appreciate you, we brother. need to go, do, accept uh, constructive criticism. Absolutely. I agree. Uh, I appreciate All you. Right. My email is jeremiahhosea at gmail, J-E-R-E-M-I-A-H-H-O-S-E-A at gmail. Unfortunately, we're kind of running out of time here. It's been so much fun. But um, I would like you to reach out to me. I just came out with a new Substack today. Please subscribe to my Substack. If you can be a paid contributor, I'll make a donation to PRN. I'll split the spoils with PRN. <laughs> Likewise, if you buy a chess lesson from me, remote learning chess, I am a chess teacher. Buy a chess lesson for a child. I will make a donation to PRN, and you'll be supporting me and my family. But first of all, stay in touch and follow the family man, Jeremy Poole, on Twitter. What Who is back now? Who just got back on? <laughs> yeah. So, Jeremy Poole, thank you so much for being on the air today, first of all. We have to do this again sometime soon. Um, I can Anytime uh, you want me, give me a ring. And if, if I can make it on a Friday evening, I'm usually working on a Friday evening. I, I really enjoy it. And, uh, yeah, I, anytime, just give me a call say, Jeremy, jump on today and I, I'll do my best. Well, thank you. Yeah, I'll we'll definitely you. be taking you up on that. And um, where can people reach you? How do they find you on Twitter? Um, yeah, on BitChute, Jeremy Poole, the family man. On I'm also on Odyssey, but not much. And on Rumble, uh, on Twitter, X it is now, isn't it? X. <laughs> J-E-R-E-M-Y-P-O-O-L-E, Jeremy yeah. Poole, the family Jeremy man. Jeremy Poole, the family man. And uh, yeah, he does outstanding bit shoot videos. I, I like the homemade stuff, and you know, you're know you're an example of the cream rising to the top. I just liked your content, well, so I, I continue to follow Everything I do is recorded live once. I do it in this room I'm sitting in now. Uh, I come down, and I think, right, I've got to talk about that, and I talk about it. There's no scripts, no anything. I just talk. And if I'm wrong... Please tell me. If I'm not, just press a like. That's uh-huh. all I ever say. Well, yeah, thank you so much, Jeremy. Um, thank you so much, Phil and Juan, for calling in. This is a call-in show, so I look forward to hearing from you next week. We're going to have an outstanding guest, another medical freedom activist, a brilliant sister, Tessa Lina, who, if you haven't seen her Substack Tessa Fights Robots is hot, hot stuff. So Tessa Lina is the guest next week. Please check out my new article on Substack. Like, share, and subscribe. Oh, and we almost, I almost forgot. Tell them the, tell them the, the truth about the truth, Jeremy Poole. What's your, what's your tagline? That's my, my line. <laughs> yes, yeah, I'm not going to steal your line. Tell them. Tell truth them. is treason in the empire of lies. Truth is treason in the empire of lies. So spread the word, everyone. The baseline is on every Friday. Thank you, Jeremy Poole. Thank you, PRN. Thank you, Dylan and Kyle. And uh, can't wait to see you guys, hear from you guys next week. Like, share, and subscribe, et cetera, et cetera. Make your donation to PRN. Buy a kid a chess lesson. And looking forward to our further discussions next week. And, uh, in the future. We have some great guests lined up, so very excited to be here. Thank you.